Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. And welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, your host. And sitting with me is Tom Dorian, the sidekick. How you doing, Tom? I'm great. How are you, Dick and Jeff? Man, I'm just, I'm fantastic. You look fantastic. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you very much. You get that all the time. You know, we you? just pay compliments to each other at the beginning yeah. of every show. We're good for each other. That's the only compliments we get. I'm going to start hanging out with you a whole lot more. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Hopefully this show will be successful and people will keep listening and then we'll have more opportunity to do that. You know what's cool about coming here? What's that? It's, it's always a who's who of Catholics. Oh, yeah? It's always a who's who. Well, who's Catholic here? Is like the guy that just slipped into our booth. Yeah, isn't that great? It's great. It's Fa- wonderful. Father Ernie de Blasio is our guest today. It's so exciting. Did I pronounce that correct, de Blasio? You sure did. Uh, I just want to make sure it's correct. Because yeah. my last name is Drzymski, yeah. so I want to make sure. You know, it's, I'm, I'm tuned into that. I bet you I could spell de Blasio. I bet you I can't spell Drzymski. I can barely well, say it. Well, before we get into all your spelling uh, deficiencies, yes, well, we should talk about who's our waitress today. Donna. Yeah? Yeah. What's Donna going to do for us today? Is she going to bring us going to bring over some coffee. I think you you like it black, don't you, Father? No, actually oh. with a little cream. Little cream. All right, hustle up, Donna. We'll take care of that. <laughs> Tom is so nice to our waitresses. That's why we have a different one every single show. Yeah. Not yeah. because we don't pay them well, but because they Huge get run tips. off. Huge well, that's tips. good. Well, let's talk about our show today. Our show is Probably on a, a good idea. That's exactly right. Our show is on a wonderful topic. What do Catholics believe and teach about confession. This is uh, something that people outside the Catholic Church have a question about. And you know what? There's a lot of Catholics who might have a question about exactly what does the Church teach. So, uh, Father Ernie, welcome to the luxurious corner booth here at the Catholic Cafe. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you know what? What I like to do when I start these shows is I hit you with the, I like to drive the truck in right off the bat and just ask you the question that everyone is, rather than wait to the end of the show, we're going to start at the beginning of the show with the big question is, why do Catholics go to a priest for confession in a nutshell? Sure. Well, uh, generally it's because uh, our view of sin is, is that when we sin, uh, we certainly sin against God. You know, we break the law. and But we also sin against the body of Christ, which is the church. And so it's a two-sided view of sin. And so the priest, although... Forgiveness always comes from God. Okay, it's not the priest because he he's human that forgives, but he but he represents Christ, and so in the confessional he stands in for Christ. We've got a Latin phrase for that in persona Christi. Right, many correct. people have heard, right, and correct. basically when you're confessing to a priest, he's hearing you, but those are the ears of Christ. Correct, Co- correct. So uh, although it's a person in front of you, but it is Christ who is actually here in your confession. Mm-hmm. I get this question a lot, and that is, why can you not just go straight to Jesus with your, with your confession? Why does it have to go to a priest? Certainly, you can go to Jesus, and uh, each time you ask for forgiveness, Jesus always forgives. You know, there's no question. Uh, but because of the other side uh, of sin, uh, which is that we sin against the mystical body of Christ, the church, the priest is the representative. And so, I mean, for example, I you know, could do it two ways. One is that I could go to each and every member of the church, you know, which is a billion Catholics right now, <laughs> you know, and ask for their forgiveness. 
Uh, or I could make it easier, you know, and go to the priest. Uh, and also, as Jesus appointed the uh, 12 apostles to forgive sins, he gave them authority to forgive sins. So the church has the authority to forgive. Yeah, and let's talk about that authority a bit. I, I do have a scripture here. In one of the places, there's actually several places where we, where we read about this. Right. But um, in John chapter 20, Jesus is in the upper room with the apostles. And he says, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So obviously Christ was intending to give them the power to forgive sins. And, you know, it's quite interesting that this particular account mentions the fact that Christ breathed on them. Correct. You know, and that's God. Jesus is God. God breathed on them. And the only other time that God breathed on man, we have to go all the way back to Genesis. Correct. And we find where God breathed into Adam's nostrils and breathed life into man. So what Jesus is doing here is breathing life into the church, breathing life into the ministry of reconciliation. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Now, you, you have to confess to a priest, not to a deacon. Is that correct? No. Because uh, I've noticed Deacon Jeff trying to <laughs> give right. the I do not because yeah. you can't do that because uh, that authority only comes through the hands, through the ears, through the mouth of the priest. He's the instrument. Right. Or certainly a uh, bishop can hear confessions That's because right. he is right. a priest. Right. Uh, but no, it's only uh, a priest or a bishop. Right. And of course, no one else. I mean, it's only those with the authority that's granted them by the church. And that comes from that apostolic succession with the original 12 apostles getting this this uh, this ministry. So our bishop being a successor of those 12 apostles has that authority. And then when he lays his hands on your head as a priest to ordain you, he's giving you that authority to to act on his behalf, acting on Christ's behalf. Right. Right. That's exactly right. Well, let's talk about the, the kind of sins that we forgive and the process of confession. Sure. A lot of people have asked me, do you have to confess all of your sins? I mean, a lot of people think if they haven't been to confession a long time, and many people haven't, I'm going to be in there quite a while. If yeah. it's every single sin I've ever committed, how, mm-hmm. how do we delineate? How, would, how yeah. do we define that? Well, first of all, uh, there's a process uh, before the actual confession, and, which is called the examination of conscience, you know, that you prepare before going to confession. My suggestion is that we do two things. One is that we look at the Ten Commandments. Now, certainly, uh, well, hopefully, we haven't broken all ten, but it's a guide. Have Our, you met Tom? You obviously haven't. <laughs> 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 well, I don't think even Tom has broken all ten. I pick on Tom. He's a good guy. Yeah. And the other <laughs> list that I use are the Beatitudes. And that's a good guide for an examination of conscience. So that prepares me or it sort of stirs me, you know, to ask, have I broken this? Have I done this? And and sometimes uh, we should also think about the sins of omission. You right. Know? And the sins of omission, of course, are, you know, those that I should have. You know, why didn't I? Mm-hmm. Uh, so once you are prepared and if, for example, someone has not been to confession in 20, 30 years, you know, which is common. Mm-hmm. They they don't have to do forty years worth of confession, you know. Or, you if know. you do a good examination of conscience, the Holy Spirit's going to be there with Absolutely. you in that process. And and right. those the things that need to be confessed, right? They're going to bubble to the top. They're going to be in your mind, and they're going to be expressed to the priest at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we just have to have faith in God and God being ever merciful that He's going to help us in this. Sure. In sure. this sacrament, we're not in there by ourselves. I got I got a silly question for you. Is there mm-hmm. is there a time limit? 
How much time should you spend examining yeah. your conscience? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's up to you. You know, yeah. uh, how know. good of a confession do you want right. to make? Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I, There's yeah. no rule. No, 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 no. Well, in terms of the, the – you've mentioned a couple times that this is a sacrament. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, just to help people to revisit, the sacraments are things that are outward signs that, you know, you see them, you feel them, you experience them, you right. touch them. But contained within them is an inward grace. So, so do you see that as a transforming kind of thing, a, sure. a conversion experience? Oh, absolutely. Because uh, I think generally why people do not go to confession or be, you know, or they've been away for a while is because they're afraid. You know that somehow the priest will yell at them, scream at them, and the culprit is Saturday Night Live. You know yeah. where, <laughs> you know where, you know where they've had sketches, for example, of someone going into the confessional, and you hear the priest screaming, "You did what?" Uh, you know, and so that scares people away. Uh, but uh, well, of course, there's also just the thought of maybe the possibility of embarrassment. Correct. Or yes. You're having yes. to express out loud to someone else right. your innermost failings. You Correct. are vulnerable at that moment, right. and that can be difficult sure. for some people. Sure, but. But it's a freeing moment. You know, uh, the, uh, uh, the baggage that we carry is gone. You hear the words of Christ saying, you are forgiven. I forgive you. And that is liberating, you know, to know that Jesus has forgiven. I've often left the confessional thinking, Lord, if I'm going to get hit by a bus, mm-hmm. now, now is the time. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm ready, right. Lord, take me. Because right. right. it is liberating. It is freeing. Right. Because all that sin, you know, it hardens our hearts. And not only that, but that weight is on our shoulders Correct. when we carry it ourselves. Right. And we, we often forget that Jesus carried it for us. The way of the cross is him carrying the weight of our sins all the way to the top of the Correct. hill uh, to be crucified for us. Right. God's mercy is freely given in abundance. You know, it's never denied. Once we ask, God freely gives it. And we need to un- understand that. And that's a wonderful point that, that, that there's no sin that you... Correct. can't confess, that you can't be reconciled to the church and to God and to the entire body of Christ. There's no sin that's too great. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we have so much more to cover uh, on this topic of confession, so I know that people are interested in this and want to uh, hear more about it. But we're going to have a short break, but before we do that, I want to remind everyone at home, we invite people to go and visit us on the web at www.thecatholiccafe.com. Um, and additionally, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. So, don't turn that dial or you'll be sorry. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. A good confession is only possible if you start with a good examination of conscience. After all, how can you confess your sins if you don't recognize your own sinfulness? A very traditional examination of conscience is one that is based on the Ten Commandments. At face value, most people would say that they probably haven't broken one of the Ten Commandments, unless you take time to look a little deeper at each one. The First Commandment I am the Lord your God, you shall not have other gods before me. Do I truly love God above all? Or do I sometimes give greater importance to things of this world? Money, image, looks, clothes, popularity, or selfish desires? The second commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. Do I show disrespect for God's name? 
Do I hesitate to mention God in conversations with friends and family members? The third commandment. Remember to keep holy the Lord's day. Do I attend church only when it's convenient or when it will make me feel good? Do I participate by praying and singing, or do I simply sit as a spectator waiting to be entertained? The fourth commandment, honor your father and mother. Do I help bring peace and happiness to my family? Am I loving, respectful, and obedient to my parents? Do I appreciate the many sacrifices they make or have made for me? The fifth commandment, you shall not kill. Have I spiritually killed or injured anyone? Have I injured another person through carelessness or fighting or because of the reckless use of alcohol or other drugs? The sixth commandment, you shall not commit adultery. Do I respect the dignity of the human body and defend the holiness and sanctity of Christian marriage when the topic comes up in conversation? The seventh commandment, you shall not steal. Have I stolen, damaged, or vandalized the property of others? Have I cheated at work or in school? The Eighth Commandment, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Do I gossip about others? Can I be trusted with a secret? The Ninth Commandment, You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Am I faithful in my marriage, in body, mind, and heart? The Tenth Commandment, You shall not covet your neighbor's goods. Am I satisfied with what God has given me, or am I jealous of those who seem to have more? Do I truly seek first the kingdom of God in my life and place my trust in Him? The Ten Commandments are not simply rules to be followed. They are lifelines to God. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. We're still here with Father Ernie de Blasio, and we have Tom Dorian, uh, my sidekick. Tom, you doing okay? I'm doing great. What does Father Ernie's uh, coffee look like over there? I think we need to get Donna to uh, pay more attention to Father Ernie. Yeah, we'll take care of that. You know what? She may uh, have to go to confession for her <laughs> behavior or misbehavior. No, there's no price for confession. It's free. That's, That's true. It's a it's a gift of the church, obviously. That's true. So let's uh, let's continue our conversation about uh, uh, confession, Father Ernie. We've talked a little bit about the theology behind confession and why we would go to confession, but is confession really something that's uh, relevant today? I mean, in terms of sinfulness, is it necessary that we go to confession? I mean, we have lots of choices to make in the world. You know, there's there's McDonald's there, right. but we don't have to go to McDonald's. We have all kinds of other choices. So we have confession offered here. Sure. Is that just one of the many things? You go into a, a sacrament store, and I'll take one of those, <laughs> yeah. and I'll, but I don't want one of those. Is, sac- is this sacrament of reconciliation, is it something we need to do? Yes, we absolutely Needed. However, I think where we are is that we don't recognize sin. And the best example I know is uh, where I live, uh, we have a, car, a lot of car dealers. We have stopped using uh, or selling uh, used cars. Now we sell pre-owned cars. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds better yeah. than a used car. Well, we've done the same with sin. You know, we call it something else. So it doesn't sound as serious. Okay. So, and because of that, then we don't sin. 
you know, but the reality is we do sin often. Right, and that's where that good examination of conscience, I've actually seen some of those where you're not just going down the list of the Ten Commandments. Yes, those are the basis of it, Mm -hmm. but there's always these follow-up questions. Correct. So it's like, you know, thou shalt not kill. Well, I haven't killed anybody today, Mm -hmm. but oh, but have you wounded their spirit? Have you killed them spiritually? It's like, oh, I might be guilty of that. Right. And so let's talk a little bit about the sinfulness. Yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. so we're in a culture right now that, that maybe it looks at human law. And that's how we determine whether we're sinful or not. Can we do that? Uh, yes and no. Uh, you know, I mean, certainly if I break civil law, I'm punished. Right. Okay. Now, if I break God's law, of course, I'm also punished unless I repent. Right. And, and Jesus has given us this vehicle to make amends, which we call confession, the sacrament of reconciliation. Uh, but... What we should understand, or even must understand, that we are sinners. We all sin. Priests, deacons, bishops, pope, we all sin. Uh, and because we sin, we, we need God's mercy. And God's mercy is given, certainly not the only way, but one of the ways is, is through the sacrament. And sin is alive and well. You know, I mean, there's no question. If you look around the world, it's there. You know? But I think most people think that God grades on a curve, you know, and it's like this right. this kind of, well, God's ever merciful. That's great. So I'm not really worried about. And I think a lot of people misunderstand the word serious or grave, serious sin. Correct. You know, what is yeah. a serious sin? How do they even yeah. know what's serious? Because if you're watching television, you're seeing adultery. You're seeing abortion. You're right. seeing uh, the ads for various pills, you know, and whatnot uh, to en- enhance your, your sexual life or Correct. whatever. And you're seeing these things and mm-hmm. they're not serious because you're inundated with. Them. Correct. And because of that, we believe that even in our own private life, you know, we're not affected by sin. But I think what we should keep in mind is that sin is never a private act. Sin affects everyone. Right. So it's not just me. But it's all of us that when I sin, it affects the whole body of Christ. Yeah, it was St. Paul that told us that, you know, when one suffers, we all suffer. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. Correct. Yeah, so we have to remember that we're... Uh, we're all members of this body of Christ, right. and when and we're not, as you said earlier in the program, when we sin, we're not just sinning against God. Correct. We're sinning against, you know, the person that we did the wrong to, and to the entire body of Correct. Christ. Everyone's suffering in that respect. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, there is this notion. A lot of people uh, misunderstand the, the the term mortal sin, and they hear that, and they don't really talk about it much. And it actually is a biblical concept. If we look in First John in that letter in chapter five, verse sixteen. If anyone sees his brother committing what is not a mortal sin, he will ask, and God will give him life for those whose sin is not mortal. There is sin which is mortal. I do not say that one is to pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin which is not mortal. Now, obviously, John here is talking about the difference between that very serious mortal sin and that not so serious but still a problem. Uh, what we call venial sin. Correct. Can you give us an idea what the difference between those two is? Well, a mortal sin certainly is what we call a grievous sin, uh, one that is serious, uh, one that requires confession. And hence the name mortal, the same Latin root as you know, mortification, uh, mortis to die. Right, you know, You're dying your right. relationship to God. And, you know, if I die, you know, with mortal sin, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to face the consequences of that. Now, a venial sin is, you know, a lesser sin, but nevertheless a sin. 
Okay, so you know we can put it into groups, you know. But I'm, I mean, to me, if I sin, I offend God. Right. You know, and if I offend God, I need to get down on my knees and ask for forgiveness. And so the sacrament of confession is especially geared and purposely suited for that mortal sin. Correct. That is the that is the only vehicle in which the Catholic Church has that authority to, to reconcile a sinner right. to the church with mortal sin. But we shouldn't discount venial sins. Absolutely. Those little baby right. steps are what lead right. us to mortal sin. Right. Right. For example, when we attend Mass, at, at the beginning of each Mass, we have the penitential rite. Mm-hmm. And in, in the penitential rite, of course, you know, the priest says, you know, let us call to mind our sins. And we pause. And that's the time that we, you know, acknowledge our weaknesses and sinfulness. Um, that is for venial sins. But it is not for a mortal sin. A, a mortal sin requires the sacrament of confession. That is a serious breach Correct. in your relationship with God Absolutely. and the body of Christ, and that needs to be healed how in a proper way. How do you define a mortal sin, though? Isn't there a series of questions you have to ask yourself? Well, essentially, in a nutshell, it's anything of grave matter, anything that's serious. Mm-hmm. It's something that you have to know is serious, and you have to know the penalty and, the, and, the, and what the church teaches about the seriousness of that. And then you also have to do it of your own free will. Correct. If those three things happen, then you've committed a mortal sin. Correct. Okay, so if I commit a mortal sin, we'll say, and I don't know it's a mortal sin, does that make it a mortal sin? Well, it's still serious. Well, no, it's I know serious. it's serious. I know it's serious. Yeah. But remember that uh, a definition of sin is that you have to have knowledge, okay, that you have knowledge and you still do it. Right. Okay, so one could argue, well, but what if I'm not sure? Well, what I would do is confess it anyway. Right. That makes sense. You know, I mean, just in case. Yeah. You know, just confess it. Yeah. And absolutely. And you know what? Even if you have, you go through life and you're committing what? the church teaches is a mortal sin and you don't know it at some point in time the grace of god is going to reach you someone's going to speak out you're going to hear it you're going to find out and then you're you're going to be challenged at that point to repent you're going to you're going to realize that this was serious so god has a way of helping you to find out (laughs) you know that that this is a ministry that you need to take uh that you need to take part in absolutely Well, let's talk a little bit about the process. I I was recently at a Church of Christ Bible study, and I was asking them if they had any questions about what the Catholic Church taught. And one of the persons asked me, what happens in the confessional? Hmm. We want to sort of demystify that. We don't need to go into all the process, but basically what's going on when you go behind that closed door? Well, in the room or in, in the reconciliation room, you have a choice between going with the screen or going face to face. Right. So you'll have total anonymity if you choose. So all the is required is your voice that's to, it yeah you right. know uh, right. or if you want to and you want a little more of a eye-to-eye contact mm-hmm. uh w- with with that minister then you would you do can that sit face-to-face that's right, right. and so, of course you mentioned this is in a room and that's an important note that this is not something that necessarily it can but would not necessarily happen out and open uh, you know no, the public no, so no. there it is can, but no no right yeah uh, and certainly a priest can hear confession anywhere and that's right uh, but but the room is specifically geared towards certainly privacy, and uh, what people should always always understand is that what is said in the confessional stays in the confessional, and we call that the seal of confession. There are movies about that. This right. is such a big thing about the the priest that hears about this particular mm-hmm. sin, right. and he actually is bound 
by his sacred vows. Absolutely. He cannot. Absolutely. In fact, excommunication results Absolutely. from that. So you never, hmm. ever, ever right. hear about priests hanging around the water cooler saying, you should oh, have never. heard what Joe said. <laughs> oh, never. You never ne- hear never. that. <laughs> yeah, that's ne- good. Never. And, so, and uh, we're saying these things so that it dispels those, those right. myths and rumors. Right. Yeah, so even though someone may be embarrassed or you know nervous, they should always understand that the priest will never, ever, ever reveal what is said in the confessional. You're in the confessional. You're sitting. You're kneeling, whatever posture you're comfortable right. with. You're behind mm-hmm. the screen or you're sitting face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And then basically you're just expressing your sinfulness at that Correct. point. Correct. Now, there is a ritual that you can follow. You know, you make the sign of the cross and you say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It, it's been so long, you know, I'm, how often, you know, since my last confession. Tom, three, four years, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. For you? Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no Tom is much better than that. I know he goes a lot. Yeah. And these are my sins. Me yeah. too. And then you tell the priest your uh, your sins. Then he will ask you to uh, recite the act of contrition. Uh, generally, what I do is that sometimes I get people who say, I don't know it. And I, and I always tell people, well, then... Say it from your heart. You know, don't worry about the words. Say what is in your heart. Contrition being sorrow. Correct. Just exp- you're expressing your right. repentance here. Right, correct, right. And, uh, and then there's a penance that the priest uh, will give you, and then absolution. And you're done. Now, the big word there is absolution. Right. You know, that's the point where you realize that all of the weight of that sin has been lifted. Correct. Right. And you've been freed, and you can breathe again. It's, it's like over. going and getting the uh, the heart surgery and unclogging the arteries. Right, right. You know that rush yeah. of energy is back into you, and that's an awesome feeling. Absolutely, absolutely. What a grace sure. to be released from all right. of that. Right, liberating time. It, it really is. It's mm-hmm. so freeing, you know, to just walk out of there knowing that God has forgiven you. Well, I hope the folks listening here, if you're Catholic. Find your nearest priest if mm-hmm. you haven't been to a while because yeah. that's what these guys are here for, yeah. to offer that grace. And so please seek them out. Right. If you're not Catholic, I hope this has explained a lot more about what confession is for a Catholic. And uh, I hope that, Father Ernie, you'll come back and see us again. I sure will. will. I'd love to. Wonderful. Now, Tom, how would you rate this show? Is this a good show? Excellent show. You how, know, they're always great. How would you rate it? Though? You know, on a scale of zero to four, I'm going to give it a four. Man, that's, that's, that's like perfect. four stars. That's perfect. It's a four-star show. <laughs> Man, wonderful. <laughs> Father Ernie is our first four-star show. Congratulations. Well, you get a free cup of but coffee. But what do I get? <laughs> a free okay. cup of coffee. All right. You get All to right, come back great. and do this for free again. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> thank you so much, Father Ernie. You're we really welcome. appreciate thank it. Thank you, Deacon. And Tom, thank you. Thank you. Let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, you are truly merciful. You sent your only son as expiation for our sins. Help us to grow closer to you. Help us to realize our need for you to be reconciled to the body of Christ and to you. We ask this through Christ our Lord, your son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.